What's up? Welcome to the home podcast. We are back. We are back. We are back. It's probably not even a song, but we're back. And uh, yeah, we took kind of the month of October off. We went and um, did some pumpkin patching. We took in fall in the month of October. Uh, we did the pumpkin patch. We had a night of worship, which was awesome. And um, what else? Oh, yeah. We partnered with um, a church called the Way Church um, and did the Buckaroo together. Um, it was kind of their harvest festival. So we we hosted a couple games and uh, served coffee. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a fun month of October, and now it's November, and we're back. We're creeping up on Thanksgiving and getting excited for um, what this time of year kind of holds and brings of, of gathering and community and um, where people are actually generous, you know? <laughs> as terrible as that sounds, it's true. Cool. Well, I'm going to dive right in. Uh, this um, this podcast is called Smell the Roses, and it's not um, what you think it is. It's not like hippie, um, like, hey, rest, man, just chill, bro, blah, kind of thing. It's, hey, wake up and smell the roses, okay? So, um, yeah, kind of the way I want to kick this off is... Just a simple truth that has um, just been on my heart um, with all the craziness going around and all of uh, all of the things of the world and um, just you know the stuff that kind of sometimes can get us down. Um, Romans eight thirty one reads, "If God is with us, no one can stand against us." And I just want to rest in that um, in this podcast, you know, if God is with us, no one, nothing, nobody, nada can stand against us, you know, and as we start this message, I just kind of want to keep you guys, um, I don't know, keep in mind your, yourself today, your, your young self and your future old self, you know, I want, I want us all to kind of think of those things, um, of who we are today, where we came from, and where we want to be. But tonight's called Wake Up, Smell the Roses, okay? Um, it kind of is a, a heavy message and um, maybe a little contemplative. Um, so stay with me. Um, the cool thing is, is you can rewind, you can re-listen or re-listen and re-listen and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's okay if you miss something because you can listen to it again. But uh, I kind of just want to start out with uh, prayer. It's been a kind of crazy day with me, um, crazy week, frankly. And I just want to kind of just rest in this scripture tonight. So Father, would you um, would you just illuminate uh, what you want to speak to um, everybody through this podcast um, and through this scripture? Um, Father, would you would you open hearts um, as we listen, and would we would we uh, be open to the things of you? Would we be open to thinking out of our comfort zone and thinking out of our um, preconceived notions of who you are and what your word says for us to do? Um, would we just be open minded to you? And Holy Spirit, would you would you convict us where we need conviction, and would you illuminate what needs to be illuminated um, tonight? In Jesus' name we pray, 
Amen. I've been using that word illuminate a lot, and I really like it. So maybe get used to it. Um, so there's a quote out there said by a guy named Adrian Rogers. I don't know who Adrian Rogers is, but I, I, I like this quote, okay? And it says, and it reads, If Satan can't make you bad, he will make you busy. I'll read it again. If Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Which I, which I believe, you know, and it's hard not to believe because I, I, I truly think it's a biblical truth. Um, and I mean, many of us listening to this and, uh, and even myself would say, wow, I am so busy. You know, whether you've got kids, whether you've got pets, whether you got homework, whether you got a job, whether you got a wife, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a husband, all of these different things, they all take up time. And sadly, we really only have 12 hours a day. You know, everybody says we got 24, but you know, some of that's like sleeping and doing nothing, you know? So I always say, well, I got 12 hours a day, you know? And some of us, 14 hours a day, depending how committed we are. Um, but if Satan can't make you bad, he will make you busy. And Ephesians 6.12 says, if some, it says something to the effect of, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against darkness and evil and Satan. I'll read it again. We do not fight against flesh and blood, but against darkness and evil and Satan or principalities, if, we, if I can use that word with us. Uh, it means darkness, evil, and Satan. Um, this is in the same chapter as Paul is writing about the armor of God. So the armor of God, you know, that's, that's the defensive um, kind of spiritual gifts, if I can use that language. Um, it is armor. It's for defense. You know, I'm not going to go up and uh, run at somebody with my chest plate <laughs> and try to um, fight them, you know, like do a huge chest bump. That sounds like something that like a Marvel character would do. It just, ooh, chest bump kind of thing and uh, like the Hulk. But they're the defensive, you know? They're all defensive. The, the, the shoulder, the, 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 the sandals, the, the helmet, the belt, all of it is defensive, okay? And this is essentially saying, hey, bro, put on the armor because you are, a, you are fighting against principalities or darkness. And another theme that I kind of want to dive through tonight is we are urged throughout scriptures of this concept of immediately, you know, immediately. How many of you would love your chores to be done immediately so you could get to the things that you actually want to do? Or for your homework to be done immediately so that we can get to the things we want to do? Or our deadlines to get done immediately so we can have time for the things we want to do? It all sounds very good to us. But all through scripture, we're told of this concept immediately. You know, the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent, you know? Kingdom of heaven is near. That doesn't like say, oh, the kingdom of heaven is to is um, millions of years away. It's near. Something that's near is pretty close. That's immediately. Zacchaeus climbed down immediately. I'm coming to your house. The harvest is plentiful, and the labors are few. When you don't pick har when you don't har uh, ah, sorry, if you don't pick the harvest right away, it's gonna go bad. 
So it's this, this concept of no time to waste and this, this theme of wake up and smell the roses. And I wish I could see your hands, but I'm, I'm going to ask this anyway. How many of you guys would say that you've wasted times? That, sorry, that you've wasted time. And if you didn't raise your hand or if you didn't say, oh, that's me, you lied. And sorry if that offended you, but you did. All of us have wasted some kind of time, you know? I mean, I wasted 16 years of my life. That's wasting time where I could have been doing the work of the kingdom and doing the work of Jesus. And we hear this, oh, sorry, I almost jumped. When I was in middle school and high school, I wasted a ton of time fooling around with things of this world. And that's why I have such a passion for this thing called the home. And, the, and I have such a passion for youth ministry. And the thing is we don't realize is that everybody is searching for refuge. You know, whether you're getting uh, hammered on the weekend or hammered during the week, you're searching for some place of refuge. You're only turning to that because something is going wrong and you're trying to escape it. Students are searching for escape. And that's beautiful, actually, you know. It's actually really cool because we have the opportunity. And frankly, it's not just students. It's everybody. Everybody is searching for escape, which is awesome because we as believers or you as a, as a soon-to-be believer um, have the opportunity to minister to people and say, hey, this is your true form of refuge and escape. And it's Jesus. So I'm going to be going through this uh, passage of uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, and I'm going to start in verse 7 and read through 11. Okay, 7, 11. And I'm just going to read it all the way through. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Very interesting. Verse 8. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one, one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Verse 11. Whoever speaks as one who speaks, sorry, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, serve as if one being strengthened that God, that with the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be, belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We hear this phrase all the time, live today like it's your last. And I'm sure you've heard it. If you haven't heard it, hey, you're lying again. I mean, live today like it's your last. It's a very heroic thing, you know. Um, let's stop for a second. You know, let's pause for a second. Shut down everything else. Shut down focusing on anything else. And let's think about this. What percentage have we lived? You know? I've spent, as I've been spending time with the Lord this last month, focusing and studying on this topic that was placed so heavily on my heart, the Lord spoke to me into that time saying, Lex, what if you have lived 95% of your life already? And then he said, are you satisfied? Now, as I was frankly brought to tears and I, I was freaked out. I was like, wow, Lord, you do hold the keys to that. You know, you hold the, co the, the special code <laughs> to my life. 
we don't know when or what time on this planet we have. You know, it's kind of scary. You know, I could I could walk out my door or somebody could kick down my door today and I could get killed and I could be stand I could be talking to you and this would be my last sermon that I could ever preach. I could have lived 99.9% of my life once I hit stop on this recording. It brings this whole weight to our life of, hey, we have to wake up and smell the roses because we have no time to waste because we don't know what tomorrow brings. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not. Hey, frankly, we weren't guaranteed yesterday. It's amazing. And when we think of this, there's a lot more urgency on our hearts. There's a lot more urgency of, holy cow, or hey, holy crap, I don't know when my time is up. In first reader and sorry, in first Peter, it brings to light this. We don't know when our time is up. And we should live expectantly of Christ's return. And frankly, what does that even mean? When I'm laying on my deathbed, I know I will be doing inventory on every single situation I've lived through and be reflecting on how I did. You know, that's just kind of my personality and um, that's just how I always want to carry myself of like, hey, Lord, were you satisfied with my day? Lord, were you satisfied with my worship? Lord, were you satisfied with my sermon? Lord, were you satisfied? Fill in the blank. So what does it mean to live expectantly of Christ's return? Getting ready means continually growing in relationship with the Father. And you hear the key thing that I'm saying there is the word relationship. You can fill your head with all sorts of religion. And I think a lot of churches have bought into, a lot of Christian churches have bought into religion again. And we've completely thrown out this concept of relationship with the Father. I see people committing their entire lives to building personal empires. Even people in the church. Wealth, possession, status, power, influence. All of these people, like, there's, we... If we were to really sit down with a pencil and paper, we could fill in people who are trying to fill those things in their life. We all have to realize that all of these things mean nothing in the kingdom of God. We have to realize all of these things... (laughs) Sorry, I was getting a phone call. We have to realize that all of these things mean nothing in the kingdom of God unless we use them to glorify Him pretty interesting. We waste a ton of time focusing on our 401k to provide for us instead of a God who has the nickname provider. I'll say that again because I like it. We waste a ton of time wasting on our 401k to provide for us instead of a God who has the nickname provider. You know, there is wisdom and, and all of that and stewardship and, and, and not selling everything and not going and living in a hammock in the middle of nowhere unless God calls you to do that, which I can't argue with. What if we had the mindset and perspective that there's not a second to waste? You know, what if we were to be completely honest with ourselves and say, hey, what does my week look like and how much time am I freaking wasting? I see people and students put all their hope in earthly things instead of the God who is hope. You know, students and adults need this 
more than ever. They're trying to find a place to fit. They're insecure. They're feel, fearful of opinions. They're stressed. All of that kind of stuff. We've got no time to waste. We have zero time to waste. Pretty interesting, right? We've got to wake up and smell these roses that are sitting out there. You know? We have to. Be pathetic. It would be completely pathetic as a Christian not to. Yeah, you might hate me for saying that, but it's true. It's the last thing. I mean, Jesus made a point to come back to the earth and say, hey, go spread this. Go tell everybody about this. It's a pretty high command. So how do we do this? How do we, how do we operate as part of a kingdom? How do we go after this relationship? How do we do all of this stuff? First of all, the key thing is intimacy with the Father, okay? That is where it all begins. Our prayer life, our scripture reading life, our quiet time, if you wanna use that word, our time with the Lord has to be our first priority. If it's not, we're screwing up. Okay? God didn't give us gifts by accident just for us to like read about in the in in the scripture for no reason. You know? It's not like he's saying, "Hey, there's no time to waste and you better reach all my people." And then like, "Oh, good luck." You know, he's not doing that. That's not our God. What he is doing is saying, "Hey, I've dedicated a lot of my time to give you gifts." And it talk and the gifts that God talks about is um in first peter four is if you don't know the spiritual gift is is, uh, yeah if you don't know what your spiritual gift is please do not take a spiritual gifts test okay just please don't it just it just doesn't work you know because you could fill in those answers forever for whatever you want your gift to be you know and sometimes it doesn't align you know, I always long to have the gift of, um, uh, what was it, uh, uh, admin, because <laughs> I suck at admin. And it's like, okay, I could take a spiritual gift test, and how would an administrative person answer these questions? And then, ta-da, I have the spiritual gift of admin. It doesn't work that way. If you don't know what your spiritual gift is, don't take a spiritual gift test, okay? But what you do do is pray to God to activate a hunger and a discovery of purpose for you in his church. Okay? In verse 11 it reads this and and this is a super convicting verse. Verse 11 1 Peter chapter 4. It reads whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus, to whom brings to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever and ever. Amen. In this in this verse, Paul specifically highlights um, a couple gifts. You know, he uh, he he highlights um, uh, prophecy and the gift of serving. But there's so many more. You know, there's tons more. And if you don't know what they are, go read First Corinthians chapter twelve. Go read Romans twelve. Go read Ephesians four. Okay. But I want to take something a little step further, and I don't want you to freak out right away. Okay. But I think this there's something to this. All right. <clears throat> 
I just want to take this one part of verse 11, all right? I know your red flags are going up, but just chill, all right? I want to take this for what it's worth, this one part. And it reads in verse 11, 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Okay? That's wild, right? If we forget, and I, forgive me, forgive me, but if we forget about all of the things above and below this, and, and we take this just as a sentence, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God, that is strong. That is saying no time to waste. You know, we all can become pretty loose with our speech. And, and what if we understand the, way, the weight of our words? This verse truly says, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Our tongue holds a, to- a ton of weight. A ton of weight. You know, a tongue can really hurt somebody. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is a complete lie. Yeah, it's a cute little phrase to teach your (laughs) five-year-old, but it's not true. Words hurt. Let's make a commitment tonight in this podcast, whenever whenever you're listening to this thing, to shift your perspective. Guys, if we truly believe that God is living inside of us, then what is... <laughs> Hold on. If we truly believe that God is living inside of us, then what is in us has to overflow out of us. Right? Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Am I here to tell you in this podcast that you should never talk about football because it's not bringing glory to the to the king? You know, if that's a conviction of your heart, then yeah, I'd chase after that. If it's not, okay, then it's okay. But the way we talk and the way we carry ourselves and the way we talk to each other in the church... The big C church, you know, all the denominations together. I don't care what denomination you are. Whoever speaks is to do this, is to do as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whatever denomination you are, hey, we're serving Jesus. If God is truly living inside of us, then there has to be proof outside of us. You know? Think of it this way. If you plant a seed for a redwood tree, okay, you bury it, it's all planted, cool, it looks like you planted a seed there because the dirt is um, more uh, wet, more uh, moist, if I can use that word, sorry if that makes you cringe, but if the soil is like turned so it looks different than the surrounding soil, then you plant a seed in there and you bring a friend over or bring a person who, over who said, and who never saw you plant that seed and tell them, hey, bro, I planted a seed. Do you believe me? And you'd be like, hey, do you have like pictures? Do you have proof? Um, anything like that? 
you know? And without digging it up and really digging deep, you know, and hopefully you find that little seed. <laughs> this is going to be super convicting in a second. But without going way out of your way to try to find that seed and, and maybe even like uh, sifting through the, the, the dirt so you can find that seed easily, you don't really have much proof. I want to be a Christian who has proof because the living water is watering me. And there will be proof. You know, sometimes as Christians, we're just saying, oh, what time do I have left over, Lord? And then I'll, then I'll dedicate that time to you, Father. And, we're, and we're, we're watering our soil with just like, I don't know, water. You know, it's just water. It's just, it's just kind of hydrating the seed. But instead, wouldn't we rather have the living water, the Holy Spirit, watering that seed? Duh. If you said no, eh, you're a dummy, okay? Duh, you want the Lord <laughs> watering you. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. The moment anybody hears the name Jesus and what he did, we always use this terminology in the Christian church of, hey, a seed's been planted, right? The seed has been planted. I, I've heard so many people use this, so I'm, I'm shocked if you've never heard this. But like, hey, man, you're just planting seeds, bro, you know? I know we've, I, I know we've heard that. And it's almost like this. I've heard it and uses in context of like a pebble where we're putting the pebble in the shoe kind of thing. Where we're just like, oh, here's this Jesus guy and he's this just annoying thing in my shoe. <laughs> you know, when anybody hears the name of Jesus, when I heard the name of Jesus, when you heard the name of Jesus, a seed was planted inside of your chest. It's just a matter of who, of who we're actually letting water it. You know, if we're just spending five, day, five minutes a, uh, a day in the word or, uh, I don't know, Whatever your conviction is, 30 minutes a day, that could be your conviction of uh, spending time with the Lord, then that seed is only getting watered that much. Instead of a constant relationship with the Father, you know, a constant communication with the Father, give and take, give and take, give and take kind of thing, then the living water is watering that seed and it's going to explode. As Christians, we can't just say, yeah, I have the Holy Spirit living in me, but with no proof. We can't. It's nearly impossible. And all through Acts, all through 1 Corinthians, all through Ephesians, all through the Bible, we can't have the Holy Spirit working with us without proof. Without spiritual gift proof. You know? It's impossible. There's a point in time where there has to be a, a seed and then there has to be a point where a redwood is bursting out of your chest because of the overflow of the Holy Spirit oozing out of you. Wake up. If you feel stale in your Christianity and in your faith walk tonight in this podcast, Wake up. There is no time to waste. There, we have to smell these roses outside. 
We have to get in the game. We can't just say, oh, I've got all of this knowledge. I could give a crap about your knowledge if there's no proof. Or you say, oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit's definitely live inside of me. There has to be proof. The Holy Spirit's a juggernaut. He's not going to just hang out in there and not do anything ministry-wise. His whole entire purpose is to be a conduit for God. We have no time to waste. It's normal news when there's a shooting in the news. It's normal news when a soldier is killed. We have no time to waste on this earth. Ephesians 5.15 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand that the will or but understand what the will of the Lord is. Hey, God isn't mean. Hey, God isn't confusing. He says, Hey, walk carefully. Not unwise, but wise. Oh, okay. So I need to spend time in his word because he's wisdom. Okay. Making the best use of your time. Oh, gotcha. That's, ah, I'll take that for what it's worth, you know? No, freaking do it. Make the best use of your time. Why? Because the days are evil. It's no surprise. This was written way long ago. Therefore, do not be dumb. Be fool. Don't be foolish, you know? But understand what the will of the Lord is. So be wise. Make the best use of your time. Don't be foolish. Spend time with the Lord and you'll know what, it, the, what the will is. You know, a bit, I, one of my biggest frustrations in Christianity is like, oh, I, I'm just waiting for the Lord to tell me what his will is. I'm like, hey, his will is to go reach the people. Go. His will is, go use your spiritual gifts to reach people and to encourage one another. Let's stop just sitting on our hands. The Lord is calling us to action. The Lord is calling us to battle. Then the Lord is calling us to the lost. Matthew 9.35 says, And Jesus went throughout the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every every disease and every every affliction when he saw the crowds he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and then he said to his disciples the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few therefore pray earnestly pray fervently pray like crazy to the lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest It's amazing. Jesus went. Jesus didn't like wait for people to come into his church. Jesus went throughout all the cities and all the villages and teaching in all the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing all disease and all affliction. And when he hit, and when he saw the crowds, he had all sorts of compassion for them because they were helpless. We have no time to waste. I don't know about you guys, but I want to be just like Jesus. And Jesus didn't waste a moment. Jesus was never like, oh, what do I do next? He was always like, oh, there's more people out there. <laughs> you know, Jesus had proof that he was with the Lord. 
do you have proof that you are with the Lord? Or is this just fire insurance? Because if it's just fire insurance, call it something else. Because it's not Christianity. If it's just something to be a part of and if it's just community, then don't call it Christianity. Our job is to be saved and then get others saved. You know, it's un—it's so messed up if we just like say, all right, I'm saved, so I'm set. What about the people that you walk by every single day? What about the people that you drive by every single day? The Lord calls us to action. The Lord calls us to be juggernauts of the kingdom. I mean, he says all throughout his scripture, hey, I'm going before you. I've already prepared the harvest. I've already sown. I've already done all the work. I've already planted all the seeds. Now I just need somebody to help me. I need somebody to go. There's no time to waste. And we, as Christians, you need to wake up and smell the roses. Because once we see somebody come to the Lord, we can't stop. Once we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, we can't stop. Once we see our spiritual gift used for the first time that the Lord's entrusted us with, we can't stop. So let's change our perspective tonight. Let's, let's shift tonight. And let's rededicate ourselves to the ministry of the Lord. Because there's a broken world out there. Make the best use of your time because the days are evil. Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It's not a mystery. It's not a mystery. There has to be a point in time where there is a redwood bursting out of your chest from that seed that was planted years ago of an overflow of the Holy Spirit oozing out of you. Then you can say, yeah, there was a seed under that ground. You know? Then you can go back to that friend and say, hey, have you seen all the proof that the Lord is alive and that he wants to use you too? There's this common misconception that the Lord only wants to use pastors and these evangelists and all of these different people, but he wants to use everybody. Everybody's called the ministry because everybody has a spiritual gift that the Lord has entrusted them with. We just have to wake up. Awake from your slumber. Let's go. All right? We'll comment... Share this up if you feel like it. Doesn't matter. It's out there. Um, but I had a really good time um, preparing this sermon. Because <laughs> I love talking about spiritual gifts and I love talking about how all of our people, how all of the people, <laughs> all of the people on earth are called to glorify the King. And once we get to that place, that's a glimpse of heaven and it's beautiful. And if you don't want that, you got other issues. <laughs> All right. 
Well, yeah, comment. Um, let us know what you think of this. And, yeah, I appreciate you listening all the way through. Um, yeah, have a good rest of your week. Peace. Ding, ding, ding.